0: Welcome to A Regenerative Future with Matt Powers. This is your host, Matt Powers, and today's guest is William Padilla-Brown, my friend, the mycologist, the founder of Mycosymbiotics, William Padilla-Brown is a social entrepreneur, a citizen scientist, an amateur phycologist, an urban shaman, a writer, YouTube blogger, contributing editor of Fundy Magazine, researcher, poet and father, William holds permaculture design certificates. William is leading the country in the field of cordyceps cultivation. You know, the orange mushrooms that are so incredible for energy and oxygenating the body. William regularly teaches at mushroom clubs around the country, festivals, agricultural conferences, and more. You can learn more about his work at www.mycosymbiotics.net. William is always hard at work on something new, pushing the boundaries, innovating, and inspiring. So I'm very excited to talk with him again. This will be the fourth time that William's been on this YouTube show, this, this podcast, and it's just always a fun conversation. This is a spillover of one of our conversations that we were actually having uh, off camera, and we just decided to make it a video. <laughs> so enjoy. Here we go. I, I think I woke up today or, or yesterday, I think it was today, and I saw your green bread and I was like, wait, what's going on here? I mean it was like a, right. is it what time of year is it, right? <laughs> uh-huh. Because it's like you just got the greenest bread that I've ever seen. It like it just like blows any of the St. Patrick's Day bread that I've ever seen out of the water. And it's like, and then I was like, wait a second. I'm like I'm looking through the ingredients, looking through your post and everything. Spirulina. Uh-huh. I love it. I love it. You are always doing something new you're always exploring you're always innovating and and i love it so thank you for being here thank you for coming on the show i think this again you're the you've been on the show more than anyone else this is the fourth time this is amazing <laughs> thank you for being here
1: i just love talking with you oh well thanks so much fun yeah thank you we're like i for those of you that are listening this time um, this one happened because Matt and I were just having an amazing conversation and we we're like people should hear this conversation let's just hold this one and save it for a podcast you know um, and I think when it comes together organically like that it's the best you know it's not forced you know it's not like it's not like I've been on the podcast four times because we got to get William on here it's because though no, we're having a conversation and we, we organically just like would love to share it with other people you know why not yeah
0: yeah and 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 I think that the format for my show, I mean, I, I don't know if you probably get guessed. It's like I don't have, like I said a list of questions. Sometimes I write down words here and there. I always have a pen and paper. so I write down my thoughts as they come sometimes, but I let go of them so that I can focus on listening. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but yeah, it's I, I feel like that flow in that present moment, is is the best i think that's the best because that's where you're you're it's like the active truth right it's not like you're just existing off of the memory of something it's like you're in it (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: yeah i love that state too that's when a lot of good ideas come and um you know i find it really handy to have that notebook i love how you have that notebook there um i like the moleskin notebooks have Hmm. you used those before i really like those um and um, there's this company that I've been following. I've been really uh, I like that. Yeah. Um, there's this company I've been following um, from Canada. They're called Eden Power Corporation, um, and they're doing like sustainable fashion kind of mm. kind of vibes. Um, but they have this like little hemp, um, cr- like uh, kind of like a fanny pack thing, but it's not. It's just like a bag that kind of hangs off your side. Nice. Um, and I was like, you know what? That would be perfect for the notebook. It's because you know you're running around in, in that flow state all day and you want to have that that notebook handy and you don't want to have to look to the screen all the time you know you don't want to have to like whip out your phone and be like hey siri or like oh now my phone now my f- computer and phone's going geeking out but you don't want to have to like whip out your phone and do all that and or like do the notebook because you know sometimes you want a more wholesome organic experience sometimes you're in the flow and as soon as you open your phone to go put something in the notes and you notice there's something going on there and me personally Um, I turn off all the notifications for all social media. Um, The only notifications I even really get um, is for this really cool app uh, called Clubhouse, which, you know, um, it's just a bunch of really interesting creators on there um, um, talking and having conversations, you know? Um, I I think it's it's invite only. I don't know if it's like a secret thing or not, (laughs) um, but I guess... I'll leave it at that. And those that need to get in there, we'll get in there. Um, But anyways, I, yeah, I have no notifications on, but I still don't want to open the phone because then you get tempted to do those other things. So I'm really trying to figure out um, the best, you know, methods to um, replace as I, as I kind of um, heal and purge those um, that those mental programs where I reach for the phone for certain things, like certain things in my mind, when I think of it, it like, it makes me just reach for my phone, like yeah. math calculator, phone um, notes, phone. Uh, I want to talk to somebody, phone, even even if they're like near me. Like I- it's just your brain automatically is like communication, phone, math, math, phone. So mm. like I want to change that like p- behavioral pattern of like reaching for my pocket for my phone, having like a nice little notebook there, and kind of just taking the time to stimulate my brain a little bit, maybe do a little math equation every now and then instead of using calculator, and then use that to write my notes instead. Um, I don't know, it's kind of a little tangent, but that's how I'm feeling right now.
0: <laughs> There's something so special about writing with our hands that when I started, so I I was working at a school, I was a I was a bass player before that, and then I was working at a school that was all computer based. So I never really wrote until I had to take these tests to get credentialed. And then as I was getting my master's degree and all this stuff. And I had to write for hours, and it was so painful. I mean, you, you probably remember the cramps you would get at these standardized tests. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I can't even write. And it was like this moment. And then I had this, like, as I'm learning all these best practices, I learned, like, you know, writing does something different for the brain. When we type it versus write it, it actually encodes differently. And so I made a decision about 10 years ago to start writing like this. Whoa. Because I wanted to A, access that part, but B, rewrite it and create an entirely Mm -hmm. new pathway, just like people start brushing with their left hand. I was like, I'm going to rewrite the pathway in my brain for writing And and because it's so powerful. It's so fundamental. It's already Mm -hmm. coded so deeply. But then if I go over here and fresh code it, you know what I mean? I'll be able to have this translation because translation happens all the time in the mind. And so mm-hmm. That's that was a shift there. Mm-hmm. And and then I started yeah. writing, and then I started writing nonstop. And it was like, I got re, re- in touch. Whew, I'm getting chills right now. I got re in touch with that yeah. eighth grade kid who I was. Who was like scribbling in the chills. notebook and like drawing. And nice. I mean like, I do diagrams all the time. I do notes. Wow, Matthew! Um, You
1: are giving me chills right now. Yeah, you brought me back.
0: Yeah, and so it was like I had no phone. I remember who I was. I remember like having that Walkman and like music. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) and 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 I really believe that when we take things down to that lower tech maybe you have a walkman or something or or vinyl there's that charm that we talk about there's actually utility to it when we are writing with our hands there's actually like efficacy
1: i think i think what in like in that vein like even taking it back to vinyl i think as far as um Kind of giving people a frame of reference to reality of where we're existing from, I think taking a step back to uh, uh, earlier technologies is really helpful because you know the phone kind of masks all of it when you play the vinyl it gives you a better understanding of like phonics and the way that the audio is moving through the waveform on the actual vinyl you know it, it gives you it gives you an a, a tangible um in in experiential um uh, moment to kind of to kind of connect with the reality of things versus it just coming out of your phone and every like you press the buttons everything it doesn't there's no there's nothing to connect it with I, i've been seeing this on like levels multi-dimensionally so i just like talked about how people don't even understand how how audio works like how people don't mm-hmm. understand where the how the sound even comes out of the phone mm-hmm. because we're it's so disconnected if you uh, but like um, I, I even think about it like buying um some product at the store that's completely extracted from the original plant or something. It, where, where I mean, even in the cannabis industry, there's people that that have gotten into cannabis and have only ever used a cartridge, and and probably will never use a flower or see a flower. You know what I mean? They're in their modern day-to-day life. They live here in the East Coast, on in Chicago or something. They're a business person, whatever. They, they weren't interested in cannabis before it was legal. Now it's legal and they're only going to ever see it in a cartridge form. Like, hmm. and this is what um, some people only ever see mushrooms in a tincture form. You know what I mean? Right. Um, oh. So like, I feel like there's this, this interesting disconnect because of how fast culture is and like how um, attention, I mean, attention is the currency and we're paying attention to the wrong things. You know, I, I got caught up for the past three years and realized I hadn't been paying enough attention to my child. You know, that's a really big yeah. deal. You know, and that's something that is hard for me to even say publicly. You know, but the world gets your attention so caught up. I, I I said it in the documentary. Attention is the currency of the modern age, and and um, taking the time to actually pay attention first to what we're putting into us, I think, is really really important. Then all of those other things are like really cool little neat things to pay attention to that kind of expand your consciousness outside of your immediate understanding, really. And I think that maybe um, it
0: happens as a as a product of the process of taking responsibility and partnering and doing some of the work. It's like when you're doing the vinyl. It's like you're responsible. You could screw that vinyl up if you're not careful as you're you know putting that needle on, and mm-hmm. and then it's like well you got to make sure the settings are right and you know what I mean. And there's like a, there's. You mind a, if I
1: interrupt you before I yeah. lose this idea? I I don't want to I don't want to interrupt too much, but I had this idea that was really yeah, precious. Yeah. I wanted to. of um my friend my best friend james um Mm -hmm. he didn't have a a case on his phone for a long time Mm. um and we were enjoying a nice day the other day when it was snowing uh hanging out and just you know enjoying a, a beautiful day here at the house and observing the way that the that this weather pattern interacted with the landscape um and i was thinking i was like we're worried about putting these phones, these cases on our phone. And this is where our attention's at because like on our day to day, this is something is expensive and we don't want to break it. It's going to cost us money. Um, but then I was thinking about putting my jacket on to go outside into the cold and like, like thinking about how I protect my body, like how much investment do I protect my body as a case instead of on my phone. And then I started thinking about what oils am I using to protect my brain? like i was like i'm like i'm thinking about protecting my phone when was the last time i thought about protecting my skin and my brain like you know what i mean like our attentions just in the wrong places and and i'm just keep noticing it in my own experience so like i've been like i don't know i've just been refocusing and centering myself so this is why i wanted to have this conversation with you i feel like i've just like wasn't paying attention to myself therefore not paying attention to anything else that even really matters um and this mm. is a, just a pattern of of a really bad issue that's in the United States more so than a lot of places I've seen, a lot more so in Western culture. And it was really beautiful for Western culture to be able to have the escape to Eastern culture during the kind of um, renaissance of the Silk Road, Hash Road in the in the um, 60s and in the, in the 70s. It was beautiful for the Western culture to be able to have that relief in the East to find solace and connection to self. But now what we're seeing in the East is a lot of these cultures have been perverted by the Western cultures and are seeking the ideologies of a western culture um so i I think it's really really um sad because at the end of the day what the what the western culture does and its prevails and its conquests and its kingdoms and and its capitalism at the end of the day um it really diverts attention away from from self and when i when attention is diverted away from self and you're not paying attention to yourself then you're not paying attention to your surroundings um Mm. and this is where we have a lot of the issues and i think i think this is at the end of the day the root of permaculture Um, Because when I took, when I started thinking about zoning and I took zone zero very seriously to the zone zero is myself, my true entity of my being in my head, my mental state, everything. That's when permaculture really, really started to click. And I started to see permaculture as like socio-political permaculture from the mental state of, of operating through systems because we're operating through social systems. We're operating through mental systems, you know. I had to heal my body physically, but I also had to heal my mind. Like, I got to heal my body from McDonald's, but I had to heal my mind from Nickelodeon. You know what I mean? You know, I had to heal my body from McDonald's. I had to heal my mind from Nickelodeon, and I had to heal my soul from from uh, uh, Roman Catholicism that had been perverted from its original roots from more um, um, Coptic, uh, Gnostic roots in, in uh I mean, we could talk about this forever, but like, honestly, I'd I'd rather have a dialogue than a monologue. (laughs) Uh,
0: But I I think so many people are in the same position. I think that there is a natural response in the face of something like COVID and the economic collapse um, to be either focused on survival and so you're focused on, you know, getting money. Or or moving your house or finding a new job, or you know what I mean? You're you're, you're focused on that, and then and then certain relationships slide, or then you start disconnecting because you feel Mm -hmm. like you can't do anything. And I think so many Mm -hmm. people now are at the end of that process where they're like, you know what? I'm tired of being exhausted with fear and anxiety. I am tired of going to bed, flipping through the news, the yeah. reels. I'm tired, yeah. like, like folks are tired of that pattern. They're sick of it. And and, and, and to, to go, go back to like, like, you know, not giving people enough attention or the right kinds of attention, being a parent is so hard. Being a parent <laughs> is very, very difficult because the yeah. children have this amazing capacity to change. And what they need mm-hmm. constantly different. What they, where they're at, and their comprehension, um, all of it, is constantly changing. And then you could be, you know, trained like I am in this stuff, and have a child that is very different from you and challenging. And mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, well, I don't know what to do. And you're like talking with them about it. You're trying to figure out. You're applying the different things, and it's like it's difficult. We 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 aren't it takes like a village. yeah, but yeah, it totally does. That's why you mm-hmm. know um, conversations with the therapists are so incredible. Conversations with other parents, grandparents, getting perspective mm-hmm. on the way we were as children. But yeah, but there's also a rebalancing that that happens. And right now, you know, I mean, I have two sons, and uh, one needed a lot of attention two years ago. He was having a crisis, and it's like a lot of twelve-year-old boys, you know, have these things, and and he found the solution, and it was music. And so I know how to do music, and I put <laughs> my time and effort into that. I have ridiculously awesome resources for a young a young, you know, teenager to dig into that. I didn't get rid of any of my stuff from when I was pro. And so I was able to like really do that, and he now knows the buttons to press in me, to get me to do what he wants to do, and like play music. And excited, so he knows how to trigger my enthusiasm around music really well. Now, he feels really confident, really excited. He knows all his goals, and and then I'm like, oh wait, and then my my second child's like looking at the other boy I and mean, being like. He knows everything that he wants. What am I supposed to do? You know what I mean. And it was like, yeah. and it and, and but that's exactly what he's supposed to be doing in that time frame. Yeah. And our job yeah. isn't to give him the answers; it's to give him the support to find those answers. And some people's paths oh, are long, and and yeah. circuitous. And so I just want to like give you some peace on that because it is very difficult to balance the relationships of a family. It is often like yeah. we balance and then we go here and then we balance and then we go here. And, and as long as, as, we, as we are working at keep paying attention to where our attention and, and, and how everyone's doing is, we'll be able mm. to compensate for those natural things that happen. And 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 plus, I think being you know being a father, having that mantle of responsibility, um, puts us into survival mode sometimes. And we like, I know I, and this is part of the reason why physically I have I I, I hit these these walls. I get crazy, you know. I I, I see it as like yeah. a sport. I, I'm like a an Olympic sport. I wake up at 4 a.m. I'm working out. I'm doing <laughs> meditation. I'm like. Drinking like all these different like adaptogenic herbs Elixirs like pull-ups and everything, like I'm doing yes. it because it's like I've designed my business so that I can do that without feeling bad about it, because I know mm. every win I get is a win for the, for people, for the earth, and for the future yes let's grow yes that kind of yes i've been doing the same thing you yes you inspire me you inspire me so much because you are constantly like hey guys here's another business here's another business here's another business right right
1: right Right. i'm Uh, growing pearls in my basement like whoa what are we talking about like you know what i mean like i was like i got this pearl necklace i got this pearl necklace i was like I had, I had a really hard time, right? Like I'm going to just be flat out open with you guys. Like I got in trouble for being a young Brown male in the wrong part of Georgia with something I shouldn't have had in my car. And it's something that a lot of us have because my generation grew up in a time and, and where a lot of places you go, it's allowed, you know, cannabis is allowed in a lot of the country. One out of three people in the United States lives in a place where cannabis is allowed. And as a young person growing up with those freedoms and that understanding, I didn't realize how dangerous it can be in some parts of our country to be uh, to be utilizing this substance so I got in trouble and had to deal with um, the state of Georgia for three years, which was very, very depressing <laughs> you know, and like coming out of it <clears throat> incredibly transformative like incredibly transformative but like Dealing with that system, and I just want everybody to know how real that is. Like, I I honestly forgot why I brought this up. I I really want to get back to the question you had asked me before this because to kind of bring it back full circle. But like this is the first place that I'm publicly even even saying this. Mm. And like I don't even know. I mean, I'm sure you can tell my attitude's different than from the last time we've had a podcast
0: or the last time you've even seen me. You're freed.
1: Yeah. I was not free every time I got in my car, every time I stepped out of my house and walked into public, I had to be afraid that not only, not only if I was stopped by a police officer and something happened, but if it was, if it was escalated into anything beyond a minor interaction, I would lose my entire freedom. And then I would have to pay to be shipped to another state on top of that. So that was, that was my reality for the past three years. And I had to live with that on top of not being able to use the medicine that helped me get to where I was in the first place. So like, it was a very, very, very rough time, you know? And you know, we all go through this, but I just want people to understand the realities of it. I wanted to be out there protesting so bad. This year was so hard for me. Like I couldn't go out protesting. If I got arrested, I'm way more valuable outside than in there, you know what I mean? I've been on the other side. It's not very nice, you know? And like, I feel like I had to see that. I didn't know what it was like for people. I feel like I had to see what hell is like in our country i've seen I, I got I got to see the absolute worst in one of the worst places you know the economy where i where I ended up was not very're not, not very good. The only economy there tyson's meat meat processing packaging facility every time I go down there, just giant truckloads mashed full of chickens that are some alive, some dead hanging out the side, bloods blood, and guts everywhere, and then prison and jail that's what employs the people down there. It was a very sick area, most of the people that were in that area had drug issues. Whenever I got involved down there, a lot of heroin, a lot of kids in there, all heroin. It was, it was very gnarly. And I think it was important that I had to see that level of our, of our realities. I, I got, in a very brief period of time in my life as a young man, witnessed police racism, three, poli- three police on me as a, as a single black individual, scared for my life. I got to witness what the inside of a correctional facility looks like. I got to witness the worst drug problems that are going untreated mental health problems that are going untreated and terrible economy, you know, all, all in one, all in one time. And so like, I think, I think that like at the end of the day, I I've, I've got to witness levels of how, how our country has failed itself. Um, and through that connect with, with the solutions, um, and I mean, I think that's why I so readily am throwing these ideas out all day for free, open source. Like, come ask me how to do it. That, that's why I, I remember why I started. Because I bought a pearl necklace for myself because I, w- I dealt for three years with, the, with hell, with my own personal hell for three years. Like, mentally could not get out of the worst funk of my life. Mm. And so I bought myself a pearl necklace. And when I bought the pearl necklace, it was freshwater farmed pearls. Mm. And I was like, just like when I, when I figured out that somebody could grow cordyceps, I was like, somebody grew these somewhere? <laughs> and I was like, how did they do it? So I spent days learning how to farm pearls. And then I bought mussels and, and I'm, about to inoc- I'm about to introduce an irritant into their, into their mantle and get them to produce nacre around the irritant and grow pearls in my basement by feeding them algae from chicken poop. Whoa. Right? Right. Yeah. So you can turn the nutrients from chicken poop from the chicken feed that is already in my system. I'm, I'm by, by next spring, the only thing I'm feeding my chickens is coming from the inside of my system. No outside feed anymore. Like I got mealworms growing in the basement for the chickens. We're going to get some grains growing for them as well. You know, and then their chicken poop is gonna go into growing wild algae species in the pond water that's gonna grow into growing pearls and, and with freshwater mussels. So
0: if you add EM to that water, EM's great for like all, all, all aquatic, all soil environments, all plants, but if you add EM, as they make those pearls, they'll encode EM and they will to a certain degree be by bi- like be bioceramic
1: pirate. right right ah yo right i'm about to play some games i'm about to play some serious games you can you can really program some pearls
0: because i mean if they're doing it into bioceramic and those bioceramic have the ability to actually put off infrared because there's microbes in them like and that's all microbes give off infrared then Whoa. why couldn't you do that with the pearls and i mean maybe maybe it's to a varying degree or something like that but I if mean, you could do that that would be the first of that kind that type of product that i've ever
1: heard of Innov- individuals <laughs> like i don't know that many individuals that are sensitive enough to um to uh, to be sensitive of of energies of of minerals like mm. i know very few people personally that are sensitive of, of energies from minerals mm-hmm. but the people that are say that there's a very specific and special energy resonance around pearls it's like a, a specific type of like calcium like mineral I don't I don't know the exact science of it I don't want to speak to it and, and ha- have any misinformation but I do encourage people to to discover it themselves um but if if you are interested in crystals and minerals, gemstones and things like that, I do uh, recommend looking into, into the pearls. And, you know, I think, I think if if I can figure out, because, like, it's not a matter of if I can produce pearls, it's a matter of when I can produce pearls. Because if anything, I'm an expert of figuring out environmental controls. Like, mm. I can figure out how to control an environment to produce an organism that's not supposed to exist where it's existing. And, like... That's not even the case. These are freshwater North American pearl or uh, mussels. So, like, they exist in my environment already. I could go to the creek, but it's a, ale- but they're the this species in the creek are endangered, and you're not supposed to take them out of the creek. But these are still North American mussels, and this is also something that to take to keep in mind because we have the techniques. There's people that have been farming bivalves for a long time. We have people farming bivalves in Maine. We have people farming bivalves in the Pacific Northwest. You know. Um, so I think this is something we could do with freshwater bivalves. It's just not something that's been, uh, people have been interested in because freshwater bivalves are not ones that we consume. You can't eat a raw freshwater, uh, any kind of fish. Um,
0: and I think that they're also, uh, on the rare side. So folks aren't seeing these things everywhere because our rivers have been toxic for several generations in America. I mean, the paper mill industry mm-hmm. in the early like thirties and forties, like destroyed so many of the waterways, like like as far in as like Michigan, at least. Um, and so I think that they're they're not, they're not acquainted with it. But then I, I also think the flip side of that is it's, they're the cleaners. These, uh, the reason that it's able to do this though, is because they're cleaning the water so powerfully. So bringing, I think yeah, the industry itself, if it came, if it came back, if bivalves, pearl production, those kinds of things came back, even at a, as, at a boutique level, would bring a lot of attention into the actual regenerative
1: powers of these- I mean, the fact that you could turn poop into a pearl is, is, a, is absolutely absurd, you know what I mean? Like, and we're dealing with, with combined sewage overflow, like some right. cities, and, and, they, and we, keep, we keep building more apartments and infrastructure on the same old combined sewage overflow overflow so like we're getting like when we have big rain events or big snow events and all the water starts melting like we're getting rainwater mixed in with sewage water that goes into our water systems yeah and this is happening all over the world um so i think that any option any opportunity we can take because like there's no such thing as waste just stuff in the wrong place you know we could take these molecules we could take these compounds we could take That's why I'm so interested on the the molecular level. I've been so fascinated with microorganisms and the small organisms, because it's those organisms that can transform the molecular pollution that we've left on this planet and turn it into a pearl.
0: And that's kind of like actually the the frontier. And I feel like um, when I got into permaculture, no one really dealt at the molecular level and 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 I think well, maybe it's not fair to jeff Lowenfels did a, has done great work in that space, I would say, but I don't feel like his work is um is is under and is is widely understandable in the way it's presented um and so for me, it's been this process of of finding the actual connections that are bridging between our macro world to the micro and mm-hmm. and once you understand, it's like the molecular side it's like mechanical it's like oh it takes I mean, it's, four molecules of water to every molecule of nitrate and it's like yeah. that's the law like there's nothing you can <laughs> do about that and it's like bro, once you get to bro. there it's like oh snap it's the building
1: blocks it's the right?
0: yeah and yeah. Then, and then and then when you realize like all these different pollutants you know um have these very specific conditions where they were initially like allowed to do all this stuff and you're like oh well if you didn't bring it down to this crazy ph and then like pour it into the stream we wouldn't have it <laughs> you know what i mean
1: and yeah. it's like but like yeah i think i think I, like i'm getting really excited because <laughs> i'm remembering who i am I, I forgot who i was like i'm remembering who i am right now this is the, that's the big thing um we can train the uh, especially fungi and algae that's why i keep going back to these organisms but we can like train these organisms on a molecular level to to deal with these new things i mean that's what they they're ancient they have seen more than we can figure out in generations and generations of our of our existence they know how to figure out how to deal with these kinds of things like yeah and and we don't even have to genetically engineer them to do that we just have to like expose, expose them to the environments long enough. And like, that's one of the things that's special with microorganisms is because on our scale of life, in our 100 years of lifespan, give or take, let's say six or 80 years of lifespan, um, the time frame of a fungal life or, a, or an algal life just is like absurd. Some of these things just live for a day. You know what I mean? But that is the magic of it because we can expose generations of these microorganisms to a specific type of environment and have them evolve to deal with that environment. In a matter of, of months or a year, we can ex- have exposed generations of these organisms to evolve specifically to deal with a problem. Um, and that's one of the things that, that, we do, that I do in my basement and I've been doing in my house since I was like 20 years old, is curating organisms to evolve with me and the issues that i have in my life and i think this is something that we need in our communities really our individuals that are working with these organisms and it has to be like it has to be like levels to it there needs to be multi-dimensional permaculture we need people acting on all levels from like i've been trying to just i've just been trying to show people that permaculture exists multidimensionally. really is what is because like i didn't care about it before i wasn't even on social media until like until i realized that like yo i need to like show people what i'm doing you know because like by the time i got on social media i already was like into the algae and into the insects and into like mm. all those things i was figuring it out on my own i was bliss mode you know like i had like leo's mom like was very caring relationship it was one of the most like in my life like through my own family like leo's mom was one of the most caring relationships i ever had in my life which even brought me to the point where I filled fe- where i had enough attention given to me that i could expand my mind in those ways so that's how i figured all that stuff out and i didn't care about being on social media i was so healthy i was eating the purest foods like i was making raps about how like i was coating my proteins with the most noble of compounds like i was freestyling i was working at a hydroponic store i freestyled freestyles on my youtube from back then like i was recording these videos i put them on later because i didn't care about being on the internet i i uh recorded a freestyle that said um I, I, I Consuming noble compounds to synthesize my proteins and expanding my consciousness so that I can see multidimensionally. Like I was really like, I was beyond communication with people that were caught up in a in a day to day I live one eighty year lifespan type of view of reality. Like I was viewing organisms' lifespans and cultural like knowledge uh, o- over millennia transferred through DNA and genetic expression and like. And dance in the way that our bodies move, in the way that our bodies can move. Like I was learning stories that my ancestors coded into my genetics. Mm. Like there was nobody I could talk to about that. I didn't care about being on my phone. (laughs) But I realized that we got to the point when I was about to have my son that it was very important that I cared about the community around me, Mm -hmm. that I really gave that energy back and started doing that on a big on a big level because there's a lot of people that really need to get their heads together you know that really need to have some attention given to them and let's let's figure out the best way that I, that we can do this you know if i can channel enough energy and make myself healthy enough that i can go pat some other people on the back you know what i mean give them a little bit of that energy lift them up show them how to be proud of themselves you know what i mean give yeah. them something good to eat i I can keep going i'm gonna keep doing that forever you know what i mean like those of us that have have made that click and made that connection and have found that homeostasis and found that balance and know how to carry that energy. I mean, shit, it's the only reason I'm on the phone anymore is so I can give those people a little bit of boost, you know, so I can show them a smile. So I can show them that my, that there is a kid that's being raised the right way, that there is a better tomorrow, that there is hope for something that there's somebody that's doing something every day that cares, you know, only reason I'm on there because that shit's toxic. (laughs) For me, I deal with toxicity for you guys that are listening to this right now. Uh, You know, it's
0: so real, (laughs) and I feel like that's the core reason why I do what I do too. Is I was a high school teacher, and I'm always thinking about my students. I mean, they're 24, 25, 26, 27 year old range now. Kind of crazy to think about, but I—that's how old I am. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, and so my students. You know, they, they're at that like critical stage where, where they're looking for jobs or they're like wondering what to do with their lives or they're like really, really in trouble. And, and I'm like, how can we, like every time I go on, like I'm, I'm actually filming way less than I have in the past. I mean, I, I put out like a video seldom now because I'm spending a ton of time thinking about that question. How, like, I ask myself this question, what is the highest need, the greatest good that I can do right now? What is the most important thing that I need to know right now at this moment? That's what I meditate on a lot.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And you arrive at interesting things when you do that. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, something that you said um that i wanted to touch upon um do you think that gmos we won't need to have genetically modified organisms to take down plastic because i know they found that that fun that fungus that eats plastic but aren't they changing it they're modifying it to ramp it up to
1: well i mean we understand we understand that like a lot of the plastics that were developed were developed around organisms that consume them like like during the development of plastics the materials science team would put plastics into compost piles to see which organisms were capable of eating them and then develop the plastics against those organisms so i mean we've really created very resistant materials um but it doesn't mean that there's not something that can come along that could figure out on the darkest of days in the most doomsday, apocalyptic, Anthropocene events ever that all organic matter gets li- wiped out. There's probably some roach somewhere that will figure out how to eat a Frisbee. Yeah, You know what I mean? If that's the only thing that there is to eat, you know what I mean? Because life is going to figure out how to go on. And... And we just need to figure out how to make that happen. Like, and like, it could be done with genetic modification. And a lot of people have moral obligations with genetic mo- modification. And, you know, that is, that is something that just needs to be discussed because it's something that exists in human reality. And we can have our own morals about it. Um, but at the end of the day, it needs to be discussed because there's going to be people doing it, whether or not people like it. Um, and that, that's something that's going to affect all life. Like, all life. Yeah. Um, uh, so, I mean, I, I, I think that it can be done without genetic, genetic modification to answer your question simply. Um, do I know how? I can fantasize and entertain ideas about how, um, but I don't have any solid evidence. Um, right. to, to back what, what I might start claiming.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's gonna be really interesting to see what happens. Um, I mean, they're, they're, it's see, from what I was reading, they're aiming to get something that will dissolve the plastic back to its original constituents within hours. And it mm. sounds like they're, so there's like two things that I see thread-wise. They're going to create an organism that creates the, the enzyme or they're going to figure out the enzyme that is the most powerful and just synthesize the enzyme and not be um, mm-hmm. propagating. Either way, um, I mean, if they can safely without without causing secondary, you Who's know. Who's they, by acts, the way? Um, well, that's the whole thing is it's like you just have a loose consortium of scientists all over the earth doing different aspects of different things, and so, Um, the 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 they is just a bunch of different funding programs and different individuals. It's so much of and I and I know you 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 probably have encountered this too. So much of academia is these islands of individuals who are like doing the right thing in a sea of people who are like just trying to get heard Mm -hmm. like their name on something and they don't really care about, you know, how it's parsed out. They just want to make sure they're but when you i was
1: totally being that i was totally being like that for a little bit that's just a really gross kind of way to live (laughs) dude it sucks society will like rob you of all of your innocence (laughs) Mm. it's all good though i can't pity i can't pity myself you know i'm a grown man (laughs) man i'm pretty excited i was um I was just like doing some survey and analysis of, of the property here. You really got to get over here. It's so beautiful. Um, but there's just so much opportunity, you know, we're getting a new greenhouse put in here this winter. So before spring, we'll have a, a larger greenhouse. I think it's 50 foot in length. Um, and uh, yeah, we're going to grow a lot of, a lot of crops in there all year. We're going to get that one heated. And then the other one, because it's, because of its design and its location, um, It gets incredibly hot in the, in the wintertime and it's like not, I mean in the summertime. So it's not worth the investment mm-hmm. to, uh, to put energy into it, to cool it down. So have I figured why don't we though? use it? The,
0: the, they're from I'm the sorry. Netherlands. There's these arms. So they're filled with wax. And as they heat up, they open, they expand. We
1: have those on the, we have those on the windows and they open, but it still just gets incredibly hot oh in man. there. Okay. Um, there's a, there's a, a company in this area called hemp Bro- hemp brothers uh-huh. um, and they they own a lot of the property in this area and they sold a lot of the property to developers. but one uh-huh. of the things that they did is that they um make they uh, mined stone and made quarries and things, and they put a lot of asphalt on their properties that they owned so there 's just like on this property they used to own this property there's a big chunk of asphalt um, and so that 's where the greenhouse is, and it gets incredibly hot there um so I was like, all right, let's just grow spirulina in there in the summertime because spirulina doesn't care if it's 100 plus degrees, it'll still grow. Yeah. Um, so uh, we're going to do start, this, start the seeds in the small greenhouse in the spring, early spring. Um, transition those seeds to the larger greenhouse with more environmental controls. Grow spirulina in the small greenhouse all summer. I'm going to have some homies come around to kind of maintain that one because as much of a project as I want to make sure that we're like, Making the most of all of our all of our space and all of our um, all of our resources. Um, spirulina needs harvest harvested every two days and maintained regularly. So that's going to be like one of my friend's projects, but it's also going to be producing income. Um, so we're going to keep that rocking because there's going to be kids coming around here a lot. The owners of the property are involved with a lot of nonprofits, so there's going to be children from nonpro- uh, from the nonprofit groups that they're interacting with, some um, autistic children, special needs children, and then also um, children from the city um, they're going to be coming up so we're going to have that spirulina rock and we have the greenhouse rock and we got the animals with the donkeys and the mini goats and everything and the chickens uh, which mini we're going to be utilizing their poop to create soil so the animal poop is going to be what's making helping to make the soil that's in the greenhouse so we get to show all these little kids all this stuff and we got the algae growing um, and then i'm just going to rock out and do some crazy permaculture stuff in my backyard because so we've got a couple of mulberry trees out here I already have been acclimating the ube yams to the environment. I'm going to play some games with like moving them around inside and try and see if I can get them to like, to the point where they have adapted over probably a period of some years um, where I don't have to move them around so much because I have heard some reports of individuals that um, harvested the ube yams second year and let them overwinter and got larger yams. Cause I've harvested them first year, but I'm going to keep moving them around until I figure out how to like get that genetic adapted to this place the most um and we got that i got that on the side you're doing the saffron crocus crocus again yeah we got the saffron crocuses that's awesome um so my friend hannah she's actually um involved with um uh, martha stewart's uh 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 whole camp basically um and and martha stewart has uh some saffron crocuses growing on one of her properties and Um, My friend Hannah has been super passionate about the saffron crocus. And last time I was in New York City, she gave me a whole box of corms. um, So the little bulbs and I planted a bunch of them. I shared a bunch of them. I had so many. Um, And this was like in like the worst part of my depression, like right before the dark of like the light of uh, that I've been experiencing again in the beauty and and the splendor and, and all that. Um, so I was like in a really bad place. I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna keep these saffrons alive. And <laughs> so I started yeah. trying to give them away. But um, but the saffrons literally bloomed right as as this new chapter of my life bloomed. So it was really, really beautiful to be in there in this very like transcendental state where I've I've been reintroduced to like Delta Nine after three, three years. Mm. Uh, and you know, be harvesting these again with the little things the stigma of this this beautiful little flower and then the smell like you'd open the greenhouse door and then the smell would just like like mm-hmm. this light like very floral sharp perfume like mixed with like a wet like slightly drying grass slightly drying grass like like smacks you in the face when you open when you open the door and it's oh. it just so amazing and like now we, now I have that saffron, which almost like has like a, like a sweet, like, I don't wanna say chemical, like, like, but it almost has like a, like a paint kind of thing in the back, but it's like more organic and, it triggers a salivatory response. Hmm. So it's like, as much as it kind of has that chemical note, it, it's still stimulating your, your body to, to produce saliva. So I th- I'm I'm very like interested like she's got me hooked on the saffron crocus now. This is definitely something I'm going to spend my time learning more about. Um, I think it's incredible. I think it, has, it holds some incredible uh, um, wisdom. Well, it's so legit. <laughs> I love the,
0: mm-hmm. the you do so many projects. You you're constantly cultivating new forms of life. Such an inspiration. Mm-hmm. You know, you know one of the things that 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 like reminds me of is that you're always and this is evident in your events like microfest and um your your album releases and your 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 new product and book releases there's always and i and and i say this as i'm looking at a piece of this your art you tie in art into all of these different things and and i think and do you want to comment on that? Because I I feel like there's like a connection between the curiosity and expression and learning new things. And then, and then the art side for me, I think that, that, that there, that's a critical like heart expression.
1: Well, I mean, it's part of the multidimensional aspects of it. Um, it's all about the living language, mm. you know, um, because I can have this conversation with you and as fun as it is and as uh, as yeah, as fun as it is to to talk about all these scientific things and all these heady ideas there is an incredibly large um population on this planet that would not be able to understand what we're talking about right now even people that are English speaking um so uh I think that it's important to tie in all those other elements you know the music and the art um, to speak to those who aren't speaking the language of the actual like doing it or the the, the, ling- the language of speaking of doing it, but like seeing the art that comes of it or hearing the art that comes of the experience, I think is equally as valuable um, um, as far as the, the, the linguistics and like translation of the experience goes. Um, yeah, in so, a way, know, I, I think
0: it's, a, it's an expression like, uh, um, to borrow the term of a friend yesterday uh, who was talking to me, uh, like the frequency, um, mm. because there are people that get into permaculture and have no idea what it is, and they're like, hey, yeah. uh, I just got caught up in the dance and started moving with the conga line, and here I am, What's go- what is this celebration? What's the part? You know, like, they're just there. And they don't know why, they just feel the energy and they're like, ah, this is good. And I think that's, that's like, I feel like that's like actually like the lion's share of like everything I've always done. So people like, I'll be playing music and people will show up and be like, ah, oh, he's really energetic, ah. And, and like, they're looking at my energy. They're feeling my energy less than the notes, less than the words, ah right? And it's an expression no, the, of boy. <laughs>
1: i mean i just (laughs) when you said that i one of my a lyric i made a long time ago clicked in my head Mm. and i made this song a long time ago it's called Hyperloop. it was one of the first songs i made after not making music were my hiatus when i learned about permaculture and all this other stuff but the hook of the song is um um they only like me when i'm tripping they only like me when i'm hyper lucid 700 Mikes a lucy they only want me for my vision they only like me when i'm hyper lucid 700 Mikes lucy hyper lucid i've been hyper and that's the that's the hook of the song mm-hmm. and i thought it was funny because once i presented myself to the public and once i started pr- putting my my material on social media and like all these mm-hmm. kinds of things to start teaching at events i realized very quickly that people only were interested in the vision Like people were only interested in the energy of it and the energy that people were interested in was the energy that I translated from psychoactive experiences. And you can do whatever you want with that part of the podcast. I don't know if you necessarily want to put that in there or not, but I had Paul um, Stamets on like two days ago, right? (laughs) Yeah. He talks, Paul's Paul's more gnarly than I am, but like, um, I, I was just keeping it real. You know what I mean? Like I utilize these medicines to better myself. And people legitimately only wanted me for the medicinal energy that I was outputting. Like mm. I was able to heal myself with these things and people were feeding off of that process of how I healed myself with these things. Like, like show me how to do that. Like messages all day. I mean, like this is why I write books and why I put content out also. because like messages all day, like mm. how do I health? basically at the end of the day like all of those messages that the, they can translate into like how do I grow mushrooms how do I do this how do I do that but at the end of the day it's how do I health? how do I be yeah. healthy you know what I mean like yeah. how do I create this healthy system or like how do I create a healthy system in my body you know back to the beginning of the conversation <laughs> the same same question so you know um I don't know <laughs> I really don't know
0: well, there's definitely something there. Um, and it's, it, it's, I think it falls into that gray area where we might not be able to test it. <laughs> yeah. But, but um, yeah, I, I think it, I mean, and it might not have to do with the art in particular, it might not have to do with the music in particular, and it might really have to do with the expression of satisfied curiosity um you know it's like you're always exploring you're always finding something new and keeping things fresh and i think that that is i think that's also the reason why elon musk is so popular because he's like wonder
1: adventure the cure it's the cure to what they give us pills for when we're little kids it's the cure to like the adhd mind whatever they call it for us kids that they gave us the amphetamines and stuff for when we were little like the ritalins and the adderalls and the things like that when you can figure out how to do what i did for myself because all of our all of our brains that have this thing is different but if you can keep yourself entertained like always like it's it's like things are constantly fast in your face like like as soon as i get off this podcast with you there's at least 10 things that will grab my attention but if there aren't 10 things that grab my attention i will be exhibiting the traits that would and would uh, lead a doctor to prescribe me an amphetamine like adderall because my mind is not over engaged like i'm gonna i'm gonna immediately go out here and check on my boy make sure he's got some food check on all the organisms in my basement you know like get outside i got to go make sure that the, but it's almost in an hour i got to make sure all of the animals are fed and put away in their stalls for the night you know what i mean like there's all of these things all of these novelties i'm lost currently i'm constantly lost in the novelties of 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 life mm-hmm. and if you can figure out how to do that and keep it where it's perpetuated where there's always something for you to be working on or a couple things um you've unlocked the key to you know the way that the, that mind works, that they keep giving us medication for, <laughs> because it's a very beneficial tool. It's a tool. It's not an illness. It's not something that we should feel we need to take um uh drugs for. It's not something we should feel sick about to go to a doctor. It's it's a very beautiful tool. The way our minds work when we can have the ability to focus in and hone in on so many things. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's how I even do it. That's how I even keep up with it because <laughs> my yeah. brain is made to do that.
0: Yeah. yeah, you know, there's uh, I, I love these articles of history where kids had more freedom and there's this one, I think it's on Messy Nessy um, uh, online and my wife showed it to me and it's this three-year-old and six-year-old who ride from like Wyoming to New York City and then buy a car and drive it back and what yeah and and it, well, they, actually, I think when they were three and six, they went from Wyoming down to New Mexico and Texas, and a band of of like uh, thieves, like uh, like brigands, like caught, like 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 found them and then wrote home and said like we will take care of your son and deliver him at the border, and like they were like honorable because these were very tiny children who were very adept; they were really good at navigating. And so I think when they were like six and eight or something like that, then they went to New York City and drove back. But it's like that kind of adventure, that kind, it's so deep in the DNA. Those kids in the classroom Uh would have lit the teacher on fire.
1: You know what I mean? It's like. (laughs) You just made my brain explode, dude. Yeah, it's real. That's why kids can't remember their childhood. I was just having this conversation with somebody very close to me, like Mm. that had a very monotonous life. Every day they went to school, every day they went home, watched TV, every day they went to school, every day they went home, watch TV, and they couldn't remember their childhood and I was like, "dang, when I was when I was your age, I was in Paris with my grandfather getting drunk on accident on Apple cider because we didn't know their cultural like their culture would just serve alcohol to children. like when I was your age, I was flying across the Atlantic Ocean by myself, you know what I mean, like I was I was flying and taking trains by myself since I was five years old, you know what I mean like life has always wow. been not only a constant venture, but I also had to be the one looking out for myself, which I think is very important because like in America, we have, we have uh, a culturally accepted prolonged adolescence, mm. like where you've just accepted that kids are gonna act, like people are gonna act like kids into their, tw- like, into their 20s. Like, you know what I mean? Like whenever, like for, the, for most of human existence uh, that recorded human history that we have accessible to us um, readily, human's lifespan was probably like 30 or 40 years. You know what I mean? So by the time you're 20, you better be an adult. You know what I mean? Like right. this is the first time in history that we're, we have this prolonged adolescence, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just accepted. And I think it's a lot of it is because kids aren't put in any position where they have to take responsibility for themselves until one day when, when we've decided as a society, just one day, everything changes and you're now entirely responsible for yourself all at once. Depending on your parents, if your parents have a better safety net for you or not, you know what I mean? But like for the most part, you're 18, you're responsible for yourself now. Here's the world, you know, like here's cigarettes. You can go join the military. You can go shoot somebody and go look at n- naked people, whatever. I don't know, like whatever the world has said, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> That's so wild. Yeah, I think that's thinking wild. Think
0: about that memory thing. That's what happened to me in sixth grade. I realized that because every single day it was choreographed and predictable, my whole life kind of like accordioned into one day. And it was mm-hmm. awful. It was an awful realization. Mm-hmm. It was like a, it was a palpable loss of time to me. And I was like, mm-hmm. Yeah. And like as a sixth grader, that's like not good to be thinking like that. And then yeah. my son, my oldest son, has this seamless memory. And so we unschooled him, and I started taking him with me to like events, um, just him and I traveling all over the West Coast at age eight, and to like scientific, like he went to Permaculture Voices too with me age eight. Um, And before that, we went to things as a family. But he has a perfect memory. And what's so incredible Uh is he grew up on this land with both great grandparents and and both grandparents. And so Mm -hmm. his memory is gonna have so much richness, so much connection, so much of that love that we're given in early childhood so freely by so many people. It's a crime to have it erased Mm -hmm. by monotony yes and, and 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 for him he remembers it all i mean
1: leo's still young but like leo's still significantly younger but like i mean i see it already like he'll be bringing up stuff and i'm like dude how do you remember that like <laughs> yeah i barely remembered it till you said something
0: well what i realized actually about early early childhood when i started studying the brain is that they remember everything emotionally so they may not remember shapes and places from when they're like their eyes are developing still and sight is sharpening and differentiation between that shape and that shape and and me you know are all developing they remember emotionally what happens yeah. So, so yeah yeah it's 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 pretty wild uh memory um and I think that to you know, I think that like the, the whole idea that we store these things in our body, that we store these, we don't store these things, we don't have memories in our brain, I think is so fascinating, right? I mean, you've heard this, right? That like, they don't, they can't find memories in the brain. They can find thoughts, can find like, you know what I mean? Like things are stimulated, they can find what's going on in your, when you're thinking them, but there's no like a place where they're like, let's stimulate this, and he's like, and you're like, mommy, and they're like back in childhood. They're, that doesn't exist. <laughs> and so it's very strange when we talk about memory um to me
1: yeah yeah it's a, it's a very interesting topic to me as well because um then it also like for me brings in like all these weird things that can happen with the brain like these weird one-off things like from from deja vu to having a traumatic brain injury where you forget everything or like even um, consuming alcohol until you have a blackout experience. Cause it's just like, what is mem- like, what is me- like, what is right now like? Cause right now is a memory of tomorrow. So if you can't remember it, then what the heck even happened? You know what I mean? Like, what is like? That's too that's too complex for my brain to wrap around. Like what like memory like, blah, like I can't I can't figure that out. I just I'm here now, man. Like you know what I mean? Like I I can. Remember what I think I can remember, but I know my, my memory is constantly being altered by right now. So, like, I don't know.
0: You know, in third grade, I had an epiphany, and it was, it, it, I had a lot of like frightening epiphanies as a child, but I had this epiphany that right now I'm perceiving this moment. So, I'm perceiving, which means that everything I'm seeing, okay, don't get freaked out, okay? Everything I'm seeing is actually the past because my eyes perceive it and my brain processes it and then my brain like tells me and shows me what I saw. And so there's this like multiple process and I'm always in reaction. It's like the guitar signal, right? You're strumming the guitar and then that signal travels through the wire to the amp, travels through the amp and then through the cone. And it's like, what just happened? It's like, if that's perception, then I'm always, then all perception, even the present is the past. And that Mm -hmm. freaked me out. And it actually turned all my memories black and white for a day. And I thought I had doomed (laughs) my memory. I thought it ruined my memory. It was the worst day of my life as a third Uh,
1: grader. I think think honestly, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just like, uh, I think it's it's funny to like poke at it and entertain that idea. But like, honestly, I think it's, um, recorded and documented in our genetics like i feel like that's like the constant like epigenetic flow every day is recorded Mm. through our sensory perception in our existence so that our next offspring is coded with the experience of right now um so that they're better suited to deal with the environment that they're existing in like i've had some serious like i've had some like i don't Some, I know that some of the, some of the language that we use as far as like new age ideals, like a new age, um, lifestyles is like, doesn't make any sense to other people. Like, I know if I said some of this to my, my parent, my dad or something, he would like, you're just a crazy hippie. Like it would not make any sense to him, but like, um, like past life and like ancestral trauma, like healing Mm -hmm. yourself of like ancestral trauma. That is a serious genetic thing. Like. I realized when I started doing my own ancestral trauma healing that a couple generations ago my ancestors were afraid of white people. Like they had a fear response to Caucasian people. And I note I didn't notice until I started doing ancestral healing that I have a specific response around Caucasian people to protect myself based off of an epigenetic coding that happened not that long ago in my ancestral DNA. And it was meant to protect me. I was born with it. Like, we don't just, we're not just born when our parents conceive us and we come out of our mother. Like, we are alive through our ancestors. We are the information and the culmination of all of those experiences until we exist. So we heard the cries. We felt the beatings. And then we're born with that. So we have those responses, you know what I mean? And we have to, like, legitimately heal our ancestral trauma. And we have to heal past, our past experiences if we want to move forward in a really healthy way. But, like, people are just trying to figure out what to eat. So, like, to talk about healing things that happened to my great-grandparents when people are trying to figure out if they should eat McDonald's or a fresh apple that, ha- that says it's organic, that's way too much, you know? <clears throat> no, I...
0: I feel so strongly about this. I feel like the way we should learn history in schools should be through our family history. And I know that opens up so many like hard spaces. It's so difficult, so many broken families, so much abuse, all those types of things. But once you get past that grandparent, great-grandparent level, there's no pain. You're not like, oh, this great-great-grandparent of mine was a bad dude, a really bad guy. Okay. That doesn't like like hurt me. That makes me think like, hmm, maybe I need to like think about that and examine myself and make sure I'm cleansed of all of that, right? Mm-hmm. But what we also have the opportunity, and this is the most important thing I think for kids, is to find an ancestral hero. Someone who they know was a good person. Someone who they know yeah. stood up for the right thing. And and mm-hmm. you, every family line has them. There is no family line without heroes, people whose love carried on that bloodline, who sacrificed, who made sure that we got to be here today. And I think mm-hmm. coming from that space, I think we can heal a lot of that trauma because it's the same space, you know? And, and, uh we, we can be inspired on such a deep level, uh, Paul talked about how um, we need to paul Stamets talked about how we need to um, save our fathers, we need to go on such a deep heroic quest that we become the ancestral father, and I think that that's that 's in so many ways um, like I resonate with that I, I I have this great great i have this i have a great grandfather who was a gardener who grew up on a mm. reservation where his dad was renting land to farm on a reservation in Nebraska. It might be the same exact area where Sean Sherman's family was, the, the author of The Sous Chef and, and, and mm. friend of mine. And he's also speaking with us at Our Future. And, nice. and I feel like like when I learned this, I like felt like this tug unlike who I am, and it's like, you are in the right place. Like, it's like bringing honor to those ancestral heroes. Um, And I I think that, you know, a lot of people like like resonate with that with indigenous. And I think that when we look back at European history, there's an erasure, there is an indigenous past. It is like super, super slim because there were oral Mm -hmm. traditions and everyone's yeah. houses and roads are built on top of them, <laughs> yeah. you know, and the Romans destroyed and the Roman Catholic church destroyed so much, but we are all, we are all so blessed with a past that, 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 that is littered with people who did the right thing, who were sacrificed, who are sacrificed for the good and who lived regeneratively and who thought about us, in this day and this time without knowing what it would be like but knowing that they're pushing ahead for us so I think that if we learned history that way there would be this this upwelling of cultural celebration that would just come out of it without even trying we would suddenly be uplifting these heroes that no one had ever heard of and suddenly we'll have more Martin Luther Kings and we'll have mm. more gandhi's because there are people in small towns who have done huge things and never get yeah. never get written about and so oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i love that uh oh, yeah there's so much value in that um and you know something i wanted to talk about is the overlap because you seamlessly do this, and I, I brought this up with Michael Fest, and, and this is the real reason why I started Our Future, and 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 you and and, and so many of your peers have inspired me and encouraged me uh, and helped me make that possible. Is that overlap between curiosity, art, passion, and then money making, products, services, and even marketing? And it's that, that overlap that so many people fail to make and they do marketing and it's like they're getting their, their teeth pulled with no anesthetic. And you know what I mean? They're suffering, they're hating half the process of what they're doing. They're like, I know I'm doing the right thing, but why does it feel so awful? And I think you have found that path, I think. And, and maybe that was always the way it was, always the way you are, but maybe people can follow it. But what do you think about that?
1: You know, I mean, it's a tough path and it'll take a lot more people like ourselves um, walking that path, um, crossing that creek and creating a bridge that makes it makes it easier for other people. Because like right now, it's not always easy, like the life that we come from and the life that we expect and like be able to have financial security and like um, uh, and all the things that come with that and all the benefits of working a regular job and like all those kinds of things, those are all really good things, you know, um, that I don't have, you know, I walk an uncomfortable road, you know, it might be fun. It it might be the beautiful life that I want to live. Um, but for, for most people, it's, it's entirely, um, unreasonable with their current, uh, understanding of, of reality and what they, and what they want out of the world. But, um, with enough people like ourselves existing in this space, um, it makes it a whole lot easier for other people where it doesn't have to be uncomfortable like it is for me right now. Um, because if I had a community of people that were walking a similar path to me, cause I don't want anybody walking the same path as me. I just want us all walking the path towards a better tomorrow. But mm. once people start walking that path towards a better tomorrow together, um, it just becomes way easier. Like I don't have to be uncomfortable. Like I'm trying to live outside of a broken system. That's why it's uncomfortable for me. I'm trying to create something where it doesn't exist. That's why it's uncomfortable for me. So yeah. when more people are trying to create that something, then it's easier, you know? So that's what we're trying to work for. We're going work towards. And that's why I'm on the internet. And that's why I make events for people to come to. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. That's why you're making our future. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think people are hungry for it. I think people realize mm-hmm. it's like, we're not going to get there unless we like get together and like start rocking back and forth <laughs> and get this thing to swing because um, it's like, there's dead weight. You know what I mean? It's like, there's dead weight and like, it's hard to move where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, You hit the nail on the head. Uh, I I don't have health insurance. I've got a family. I've got a wife who's you know over half dozen times had cancer, so it's frightening you know to not have health insurance. But I can tell you when I do have health insurance, the kind of shenanigans that they pull is so stressful, and I actually I think they cost you way more money. Um, Mm -hmm. They they always try to do these things and. And, 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 and I end up paying like so much money when, when, when all things are done and said. Like they, they, they'll cover something and then they'll turn their back on me and, or they'll turn their back on their, their, their word and, and then I'll have to pay for it like six months later. And meanwhile, they're like $902,000 bills. And it's like, it's like, this is how you guys roll. You roll like hard. And it's like, and, 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 and I, I actually think, I know it would give my wife tons of peace if I was just like, sign us up, you know? But man, it's it's like, it's so much more easy on my heart when I'm like, okay, we've got to do this thing. I've got to raise the money for it. I'm going to pay this doctor in cash. And then I do it mm-hmm. and, I, and I make that happen that week. You know what I mean? um but but this the, the games they play with you the fast and slow the whoo it 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 robs you of your your peace of mind and i think that's part of the system that that is so cruel is that it robs you of your hope your momentum and um and that's why you know being out here where it's uncomfortable by choice like i'm here because I because I, I know I can get stronger, because I know I can swim past this this you know dangerous snake island that everyone, you know, is trying to make a living on where they're getting bit by poisonous snakes. You know, maybe not the best metaphor, but like, but I, I know that I, I'm gonna get past their 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 bear traps and I'm gonna get into pristine native native land and I'm going to be able to learn from those ecosystems and grow and and see the actual like that's the thing is i know i'm going to be able to make a living i'm going to be able to do these things because i see the growth I, i see all the pieces um it's happening right before my eyes uh i'm getting out of debt i'm doing all the things that like you know i've dreamed of and meditated on hell yeah but it's hard i mean it's like james you go slow up that hill or you know, or down that hill, you know what I mean? Like, and and and, where's your helmet? You know, because it's like, yeah. we don't have health insurance. You know what I mean? And he's like on the roof clearing the gutters and I'm like saying prayers, you know, that that everything is gonna be fine. He's gonna be fine. You know what I mean? And it's like, this is also the kid that's jumped off of a roof and literally absorbed the impact with his legs. And people Jeez. saw him and went, oh, and he was like, what? And I had to explain to him that that's physically impossible for most people. And for me, I would be like back having to get more knee surgery or something. And like, I got knee surgery when I was 15, so it wasn't recent or anything. But like, mm. he, I, I, we're so blessed. He is built like some like Olympian child. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it is frightening. It is stressful. It is hard. And I'm I'm just getting to the point now where I can see the pathway out. And that that is the that is like the, it's it's the greatest relief. I mean, like I can see now how we're gonna do this. And part and, and creating our future was like a huge part of that. It's like, yeah, I know how it's gonna get done for me. I know how it's gonna get done for everyone. We're gonna get this done. We're gonna launch this economy, we're gonna pull people out of this degenerative economy. And we're going to get people translating you know, their dollar to, you know, because that's the thing is it's like you invest $10 and let's say you make five times the amount of money that you put in. It's like, okay. And then you put that five times in and then you do that again. And you know, it's suddenly <laughs> you, you, you have this exponential growth pattern that if you can create your lifestyle to like hitch on the side of it and not eat the whole thing, you can ride it like a rocket. Out of your situation, and I think many people are in situations. I think that is the norm. I think it is the norm to be in debt. It is the norm to um, struggle and and uh, to question. It's like, should I eat well, or or like you know, go into more debt? Should I go to this doctor, get sicker? Should like we have all these like hard, brutal choices, and. I see a day very soon where we could all pull out of that. Um, yeah. yeah, me too. Yeah, and and and, and it once I mean it's and it could be just as simple as like the fact that everyone starts buying Williams, you know, cordyceps, and then suddenly William has like suddenly a free hand, and he's like, oh well, I'm going to take on ten interns, and suddenly those ten interns like make it so that he really has a free hand, and he's like, you know what? I'm gonna actually launch these 10 products and these 10 hobbies become
1: 10 new businesses. Let's grow. You know right? that's, that's been the mission. That's been the mission since the beginning. You know, I mean, like that, like I just fell off for a minute, you know, as we're making it happen. We got like, I got like a whole plethora of of projects in the basement right now. You know, James is on board, he's helping me every Monday and Tuesday right now, you know. Um, we're rocking out slowly and slowly and surely. Everybody has their interest, you know. My friend Mike is interested in botany. He's going to come help me a couple days a week with the greenhouse. Like we're going to find somebody that's interested in algae maybe and get somebody to do spirulina thing. Cause that's what I've yet to find. But um, there's people that all comes out of the nooks and crevices, you know, that are more specialized in things that I'm interested in, you know, and yeah. and I have been lucky enough to be able to plat- provide a platform where not only they can do those things that we share passions about, um, but they can do it and then show it to hundreds of thousands of people on the internet if they want to, because like that exists, you know, I don't know what to do with that every day. You know, I try and do the best with it every day. It's definitely like, like for me, as we've mentioned multiple times throughout this call, I could give or take the internet. I'd rather have my peace and like stay away from the toxicity of it. But like at the end of the day, having 43,000 followers or whatever I have on, on Instagram or 78,000 followers or whatever I have on TikTok, or whatever it is on YouTube. Like, it it translates into attention, people looking at you in money at the end of the day, you know? So if you really want to do something that's like this, like I can get all my homies out here. We can do all these cool, interesting projects. I can show the world and we can actually turn it into a profession just like that. Like I, I've been put in the rare position where I can, we can make a product out of anything we're doing and then automatically have an audience for it. And also in this weird, unique position, whereas Um, a young, a young person of color with zero, like collegiate training has my foot in the door of so many industries that I'm just allowed to access that people usually go to school for a long time to access. Like, I don't know how or why that happened, but for some reason I can just go into any like field of science or like whatever industry that I'm interested in and they just accept me. And I can, I mean, like, I think that, that more people should take, be taking advantage of the fact that, that I can do that. And when I say I, I'm just giving you a frame of reference to this yeah. that is experiencing here because there is no I or me. We're all existing together and you should be utilizing me as a tool the same way. I should be utilizing you as a tool with same way we should all, and like thinking, and when we use that language and say tool, it makes it sound almost like a negative connotation. But like, like you're like my right arm, Matt. Like you know what I mean? Like there's no exist, there's no separation between us. Like you, you Matthew, are the function of you Matthew, and without us being separate. Uh, if I can, I don't know the best way to explain that. So like you doing whatever it is that you can do in our relationship and in our interaction is like. I can relate that to the function of me using my right arm to pick up a, a pen because there's no there's nothing disconnecting us. So the fact that I'm capable of doing something that you're not capable of doing, we're supposed to use each other to do those things that we can't because I'm the part of you that can do that and you're the part of me that can do that thing that, you know what I mean? I don't know, I'm, I'm getting too tripped out. <laughs> wild though. I mean,
0: I feel, yeah. it, it, it feels surreal when you're on a phone call or Zoom with someone who's published 100 papers in the top science um, journals on the earth. And they're like the leading expert on this topic. It's like surreal and they're like, and and they're talking to you and they're talking to you with passion as if you're a peer (laughs) and you're like, y'all know I'm an English teacher,
1: right? And it doesn't like, even it, matter at that point. Right. We're all because, on the same level. You know what I mean? Because we're all one, you know? So the fact that, that well, I this think person ha- enthusiasm is enthusiasm uh, is all one. I think the
0: enthusiasm is the currency for life and reality, for joy, for expression and connection. And I think enthusiasm. it's your enthusiasm that actually yeah. is, that, that is that bridge, that that social glue that is that and, and that's what opens all the doors. It's, like, wh- how, I mean, how are we having, like, we have comedians that socially can move through, like, all levels of society. Like, I was watching Jimmy Fallon yeah. talk about having lunch with Michelle and, 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 um, and Barack Obama, and, like, Michelle, like, making fun of Jimmy. And it's, like, and like teasing him. And I'm, like, uh-huh. that's wild. And it's, like, how is that even, like, real? And I'm, like, Matt. He literally has like such untapped enthusiasm. He can't get through his own skits on SNL. Remember? It's like, he's like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He is so yeah. full of that energy and joy and passion for being there that he's like that, that little kid. I'm that little kid too, who is going to scare yeah. you. And you're like, going to walk through the door and I can't help but I start cracking up before I scare you. And then you jump out and then... Yeah. It, attack me. Well, at least the, my brothers would attack me. But I uh, love that so
1: much. <laughs> I love that all all that. It's great. Yeah. It's it it's, it. it's so it's so spot on. And and, and it's and it, I don't think we've
0: ever had the ability to make that connection until now. So that that and, and I don't know what that means. That enthusiasm has this overarching power and it didn't have it in the 80s. I couldn't be an enthusiastic guy and show up at you know at, at Rutgers or at Stanford or at you know Washington State University and get anyone or UCLA and have anyone talk to me that, that that's just would I would be called uh foolish you know and and now it's like it's you're foolish if you're not reaching out to your heroes to the people that drive your curiosity and 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 I would say that the most incredible thing is that you get to recognize if you do this enough That they're fed by it that the people that you Uh reach out to that you share your enthusiasm to are fed by it because they see themselves in you
1: yes (laughs) I look into you I see something deep in me a sacred mirror you are such a deity yeah I put that in a song I just recorded (laughs) I love that
0: you know, I'm yeah. getting back into lyric writing too. My producer in LA, who's my best friend, um, we did a song with my son and it was the first time I had written lyrics in 10 years. And he was nice. like, Matt, nah, you don't write lyrics anymore? He's like, you are the lyricist that I relied upon for years. And I'm like, you know, it's like, write <laughs> books now, you know, long format, you know? But there's something well, to-
1: Well, now you have like all, all these years of experience. To add into your
0: lyrics. That's so real too. You know, um, I know some people like, I mean, I spent years training the ability to do things on command, but when you let life build up, there's so much more that you can say in, in many ways. In Ireland, they actually say that writers aren't truly writing anything of value until they're over 40. So I'm 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 almost there. <laughs> so where can people uh see your latest product because like they're always the most colorful thing in my feed like i saw your breakfast and it was like and you were like saying it's leftovers and there's like colors exploding and then there's the green bread like where can where can we see more of this
1: um definitely as long as instagram and facebook uh don't censor me i will be like saturating their feeds with beautiful things. You know, Mm -hmm. as long as they allow me to, I will be saturating your timelines with gorgeous and and powerful images. Um, But uh, I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna start switching over to utilizing Patreon a little bit more and Vimeo. um, And I'm probably gonna start using Discord as well as far as like live streaming and things like that goes. Um, Instagram and Facebook and YouTube are just making it a little uncomfortable as a creator um, to, to feel like I have uh, freedom of speech still. Um, so there's that, but yeah, um, definitely Michael Symbiote on Instagram. Um, my name, William Padilla Brown on Facebook, uh, Apex Grower on YouTube. Um, and then Instagram is where I post the most and where I'm most interactive and, um, where I'll be posting the links to the discord, Patreon, and the Vimeo. So definitely stay tuned for all of that. Um, And, you know, we got lots of cool stuff coming. There's all sorts of curious organisms on their way in the mail. You know, um, I figured this Christmas, why not, like, why get my kid random things that he's been advertised that are plastic that he'll forget about? Why not get him things that we can do together and have an experience that he'll remember for a lifetime? So I started buying a bunch of things that we could do together. So uh, we've got lots of cool projects coming in the mail. Um, And uh, definitely stay tuned to Instagram because it's going to be lots of fun.
0: Thank you so much, William. I'm so excited. And I'm also ridiculously excited for your talk and your panel at Our Future this January. So I can't wait. Let's
1: grow.